So is Jesus going to be there? Does he have it on his calendar to be here at Holy Cross Lutheran Church, May 13th at 6.30? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Howdy, everybody. This is Pastor John. This is Pastor Tim. This is the Every Moment His Podcast. You are in the right place. You are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome. What are we talking about today, Pastor John? We are talking about the biggest party you don't know about. That's right. Or that you show up late to. <laughs> right? Yeah, hopefully not, but yeah. But we'll get to that later. This is a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, and we're going to talk about why many people aren't aware of it. And many people move it maybe a couple days later. All right. That's, that's the hint. That's but the you're hint. invited to a real party. There is a real party. It's going to happen right here. Be there or be square. <laughs> All right. So before we get into that, let's let's have the joke of joke the week. Joke time. The joke of the week is, what do you call a very cautious wolf? Not a scaredy cat. Uh, An aware wolf. I know. <laughs> very aware of his surroundings or yeah. her surroundings. Cautious, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. That was good. That was that was average. <laughs> yeah, a little above know, average, I think. That's what yeah. dad jokes you expect from dad jokes. Right. So. Okay. So um, let me read this passage from Ephesians, and then we'll kind of yeah, cut to the chase here. Um, and so this is that St. Paul is, is talking to the church. He's encouraging them, and he says this, that he wishes that they would have the eyes of their heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is uh, the Apostle Paul, Ephesians 3, right? Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, chapter 1. Yep. So it's, it's kind of an introduction to the glory of, of Jesus. Mm-hmm to this God that they have been called into fellowship with, and in particular that God would continue to increase their knowledge of him. Mm-hmm. And he gives two major points there, that God raised him from the dead. Easter season. Happy Easter. Yep, he's risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But then he goes on to say, and also that he seated him at his right hand. So Christ was seated at the right hand of God, over every name that's named in heaven and on earth and gave him that position of authority for the sake of the church, his body. Okay, so a.k.a. Ascension Day. There you go. He is ascended. There's the word. He's ascended indeed. Hallelujah. <laughs> we, need, we need a call and refrain for that. Yeah, that doesn't flow as easily. But uh, So 
We're talking about ascension. That's yes. the party. That's the party. So 40 days after Jesus was raised, he ascended into heaven. We read about this in Acts chapter 1. We read about it in the last verses of Luke's gospel, Luke 24. We hear about it in Ephesians chapter 1. It's the assumption of the whole New Testament. that yeah. We say it in the Apostles' Creed. He ascended into heaven and right. is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Pretty big deal, right? You know, if you, were, if you opened up Jesus's iCal mm -hmm. and you looked at that date, it would probably be circled and highlighted. Yeah, like ascend into heaven. Yeah. <laughs> like be special seated at the right yeah. hand. Yeah. So yeah. why, Pastor John? I mean, this is a big deal for Jesus. Yeah. Why is it not a big deal for many Christians? Because it happens on a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah, Thursday is soccer night. It's bowling night. Yeah, it's karaoke night. It's karaoke. <laughs> it's uh, you know, there's maybe happy hour. Yeah. So, CSI Thursday. or some shows yeah, on. Right? That's right. Yeah. There's five different murder shows on in a row on Thursday nights. Right. Murder mysteries. Um. So. Something good on Lifetime too. Probably. <laughs> so, yeah, Thursday, we're just not in the groove of, of coming and worshiping. Well, we don't do a very good job of announcing it in the church because good point. what we do in the church is we're like, all right, ascension, 40 days after Jesus was raised, he ascends into heaven. Awesome. Happens on a Thursday. Nobody's going to come to a Thursday night ascension service. Yes. So let's do it on Sunday. But we don't tell people People show up to church and we're like, surprise, ascension. Well, it happened Thursday, <laughs> but let's celebrate it today. When, let's just do it on the day. So, yeah. are, are we going to do that? Well, w there's a reason why we do it on Thursday. Because it happened on Thursday. Yeah, because it literally happened on Thursday. Jesus appeared and he showed himself. He was on the earth for 40 days. Yep, do the math. 40 days, yeah. Yep. Doesn't seven doesn't go into that. So forty days after his resurrection, he's showing himself to everyone. Mm -hmm. That's you know that, that thinking about it, that's kind of a theological significant. Forty number. days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, forty days in the wilderness. Forty days being tempted. Yeah. Forty days in the wilderness, or yeah. it, forty years in the wilderness for the Israelites. Yeah. It, it's it, it's it, a significant number. It tends to signify completion. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then what happens ten days after ascension? That's Pentecost. Straight up Pentecost, right? Yep. Holy Spirit comes. Penta for 50. Yeah. But you can't have Pentecost unless you have Ascension. Yeah. But we celebrate Pentecost on Sunday because it happened on a Sunday. That's right. So what we're getting at here is that typically the church, the historically the church has celebrated Ascension on that Thursday. It was like a high feast day, like skip work on that day. <laughs> yeah, right. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and we have kind of forgotten about it because it doesn't really fit our modern American calendar. And so often we will observe it on Sunday. But this year, we're going to observe it on Thursday. Yep. We're yeah. going to hold to that tradition. We're going to preach the seventh Sunday in Easter. Yeah, which, which will be part of our First bumped. John series. Yeah. yeah. But this year, we're going to say, no, no, no. <laughs> we're going to stop. We're going to raise um, a, a feast, raise a glass to Christ and to mm -hmm. the importance of this day in his calendar. Yeah. And therefore, it should be our calendar. So and here's the official announcement. 
There it get, is. Get your calendar out. Mark get your, it. Get your highlighters. Get ready. Stickers. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Thursday, not Sunday, Thursday, May 13th at Holy Cross, 6.30, worship service. We're going to pull out all the stops. It's going to be loud. It's going to get crazy. <laughs> and we're going to have all the other LCMS churches in our circuit. So we're inviting uh, Ravenna to come. We're inviting uh, Shelton to come, Sheltonwood River. We're inviting the saints up in Amherst to come. First Lutheran up in Buffalo, uh, all the way up there in Myrna, North Loop, mm-hmm. Loop City, sorry. Loop City, yep. And then um, Lexington. Trinity at Lexington, yep. Yep. Did you uh, say Zion? Our friends Zion yep. here. Yep. I mean, everybody's invited in our circuit, and you're invited too. And so, you know, we're going to gather as a circuit, and a circuit is like a local gathering of churches in our synod. Yep. Uh, we do a lot of stuff together as pastors, but we're inviting all those pastors and their congregations to come and worship on Ascension, 6.30, May 13th, and it's going to be great. And there's going to be ice cream. So we will raise a glass full of ice cream. <laughs> so our awesome LWML, I love LWML, and just those ladies, we were like, hey, you want to do a ice cream social after for Ascension? They're like, dude, we got it. Yeah. We got it. So they're going to they're gonna have ice cream afterwards. It's going to be good. You know, it reminds me of ice cream. Uh, one of our new members was saying uh, she was listening to the podcast. She just started it and went all the way back to the, the beginning. And one of the things that we were talking about is that Christians should have more reason than non-Christians to enjoy ice cream. Yeah. Because they know it's a gift Yeah. from God. And so right. here we go again, right? This is yeah. this is the point. And because of the ascension, you can enjoy ice cream in the very presence of Christ because yeah. he fills all things. But Interesting, so yeah. let's let's talk about the theology of the ascension um, a little bit because it's it's really important. Okay, so our key texts are Ephesians 1, I think it's like thir- 1, 13 to 21 mm-hmm. or something. And then you have the last chapter of Luke, those last verses where he ascended he was lifted up and, and departed from them. And then we have Acts chapter 1. Those are kind of the key texts uh, that we get for the ascension. Uh, Matthew 28, you get the Great Commission, which mm-hmm. may have been the context of the ascension, but, but we don't see the ascension described there. Yeah. And then Mark, of course, has that very abrupt ending that you talked about on Easter. That's right, and it's tagged in there too. Yeah, and John actually, John's gospel talks about the ascension, but in those chapters... 14 to 17. Yeah. Where he says, I'm, I'm, go- I'm leaving you, but I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I'll send the Spirit. That's all ascension. Or when, actually at Easter, John chapter 20, when Mary Magdalene sees the risen Lord Easter morning, Jesus says, don't cling to me because I have not yet ascended Yeah. There's a little bit of mystery in that. Yeah. You know, it's like... So, um, a couple questions. I'm going to ask you some questions yeah. about the ascension. Why has Jesus got to leave? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> that is a good question. Um, yeah, because he's eternal now, right? He's uh, mortal, was mortal, now he's immortal mm-hmm. as a human. 
He is the everlasting man. Yeah. Yes. And and now he's like, oh, peace out, guys. Um, and you'll you'll be my witnesses. Yeah. So and I'll send the Holy Spirit. So there seems to be first of all kind of a, a passing of the baton, you could say. Mm-hmm. That and in fact, in the end of Luke, it's kind of cool because it says that Jesus lifted up his hands, and I kind of have always thought of that as like kind of a you know a, when a boxer. Uh, is victorious, the ref comes and lifts up his hands. Mm, mm-hmm. And there's this symbol of victory. You know, it's yeah. like my earthly course is done. My work in the sinful world is complete. It's mm-hmm. the, you know, the witness, the teaching, the death, the gathering of the disciples, the resurrection, um, the encouragement of the disciples, the proof of his mm-hmm. resurrected life. everything's done. He's done enough. Uh, It's complete. And now Jesus is resting, right? So he sits, he was standing on the earth. Right. Yeah. Now he sits um, in authority. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we see this, yeah, there's kind of a handoff happening that now the church will be run by the power of the Holy Spirit in weakness to continue to bear witness to Christ. Yeah, in, in the same weakness that our Lord endured during his time that we share in his sufferings and we yeah. become like him. Yeah, I've heard the ascension described to me in this way that, uh, you know, that um, this is this analogy has its limits. But do you remember when Obi-Wan Kenobi says to Darth Vader, strike me down and I shall become <laughs> yeah. immeasurably more powerful or something like that? Yeah. Um, in a way that Jesus's absence will actually make him more powerful. Um, and that seems counterintuitive that he would leave us, but I think this is really what he's getting to when he says to Mary Magdalene, don't cling to me because I have not yet ascended. Because when Jesus was locally present here, like mm. he had a, he was five feet something probably, mm-hmm occupied a certain amount of space, was only able to be in one place at once. Hmm. But now as he's risen and, th- and then ascends, he's actually able to be in all places with us. And so, you know, Mary could cling to Jesus in that moment. But if Jesus were to say, mm-hmm. go to Galilee, then she couldn't cling to him. Right. And now as he departs, he will actually be more present in his absence because the spirit makes the presence of Christ real and even internal so for the believer. Yeah, when, when um, Jesus promises to his disciples, surely I will be with you. Mm-hmm. To the very to the end, end of the age, yeah. uh, Matthew 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and, and how does that that happens because mm-hmm. he's now um he kind of takes back his full divinity you know like when yeah. he was incarnate he laid down his full divinity right he laid down his grasp of uh he being was, was God. located to one place yeah. and now yeah. uh still fully human takes back that divine omnipresence right his ability to be in all places yeah, so that now the body of Christ is not present with us in a local way in the way that we would talk about in the incarnation mm-hmm. during those years of his ministry. And yet the scriptures will say that we are the body of Christ, the very temple of the Holy Spirit, 
and that when we take the Lord's Supper, we're participating in the body of Christ. Mm. And so we can talk about Christ being made present to us through the Spirit and through the sacrament, and, and, so yeah. and really through the church. And so it's kind of a cool thought to think of the work of Jesus expands into this global occupation, if you will, of uh, his kingdom comes through people who are indwelt by the Spirit. Right, and so it's like that seed that he scattered throughout the world with his word. It's one thing, it's like, what's interesting to me is, yeah, we've talked about this before, but the explosive growth of the church Mm -hmm. after Jesus ascends. Yeah. Uh, You'd think, man, they stomped out Jesus, they tried to, Mm -hmm. Uh, and now uh, back to the world's control. But what we see is the church is just, it's like, you know, it's like when you... uh, try to get rid of weeds in your backyard and you run them over with your lawnmower. It spreads the seeds <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And so that's kind of what we see. It's like, yeah, the church, gosh, it doesn't look powerful. It, you know, G- what would look powerful is Jesus continuing to be here today. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you guys try to kill me a lot of times and I'm still here and uh, you can just go see him anytime. And everyone would say, oh yeah, there's, there's now I'll believe now that I have sight, you know, but mm-hmm. what is, in God's wisdom is more powerful is this humble witness from the church yeah. that is everywhere. You know, it's, ev- it's yeah. in China now, right? It's in every part of the corner of creation. There's people standing up witnessing by the power of the Holy spirit to the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. And that's the way God does things, right? He uses the weak things and the seemingly foolish things like us mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. to bring about his rule. It's kind of like in the Lord of the Rings where if you've read the Hobbit, Mm-hmm. I love how Tolkien uses the the character of uh, of Bilbo Baggins, the burglar. You know where he's going to be the burglar that will go and get this this treasure mm-hmm. back. Yeah, yep. And uh, the dwarves are like, "Oh, he's, he's not a good burglar." But Gandalf says, "He's the one I've chosen. Like he's going to be the one." Mm-hmm. Um, and God uses such a weak creature of humble stature, right, to accomplish um, the will, right? Yeah, so in, in God's continued quest to gain hearts yeah. and not earthly power, right, he mm-hmm. continues to advance his gospel through weakness in mm-hmm. the people of the church through the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, um, so that's maybe the first thing we would talk about is, is there's this transfer of uh, action, yeah. from Christ to the Spirit and the church. And that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And we should think and celebrate that. Another thing, and I think this is particularly useful when people are fearful about the governments of this world, mm-hmm. is that, okay, what does it mean that Christ is given all authority, all names, he's back on the throne, nothing's going to tear him down, and it says, one of my favorite verses, um, is that it says that he fills all things for the sake of the church. Mm-hmm. Not for the sake of any government or nation. Exactly. For the sake of the church, which transcends and, and really covers all nations. Yeah. Yeah. So the church should have, this should be the case. Um, I think focusing in the ascension makes it help to be the case, but the church should say, yeah, you know what, the world, there's going to be a lot of crazy things going on in the world. There's yeah, going right. to be a lot of wars. There's going to be deceit. There's going to be 
you know, false information, but one thing is for sure. Christ is right now mm-hmm. ruling all things. Would you say that Ascension Day is kind of like Inauguration Day a little bit? Yeah, or Coronation. Yeah, like yep. you, you're the, the crown is placed. That's why, by the way, one of the hymns we're going to sing is Crown Him with Many Crowns mm-hmm. because it fits for Ascension, maybe even better than Easter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the, I think early church would celebrate with liturgy this way too. Mm-hmm. And they would read the gospel from the center of the church and remember that Christ is, he's crowned today. He's enthroned today. He's the boss. He is the boss, yeah. He's in charge. Yeah, yeah. so that should, that should give us courage. Yeah, it lets you kind of know where history's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, people always talk about being on the right or the wrong side of history. Well, Jesus owns history, so <laughs> let's be on the right side yeah. of Jesus, right? Well, uh, one of my favorite uh, pictures, you know, you're talking about The Hobbit. One of my favorite pictures in literature is uh, Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. And in Robin Hood, there's uh, the evil sheriff of Nottingham mm-hmm. who seems to be in charge. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, uh, yeah, okay, we'll do what you want. But then there's a few that don't. There's a few rebels. And they're like, no, nope, King Richard's coming back pretty soon. And it's that picture of we're not going to play by your rules uh, because the king is coming. He, he's still the king. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be tyrants. There might be those who wield power um, in opposition to the word of God. Mm-hmm. But who cares? We're going to be, you know, the band of merry men <laughs> mm-hmm. who play by the rules of the king and not by the rules of the, the tyrants that we see around us. Yeah. Um, so that that's, I think, the second thing we should point to is just to mm-hmm. say, man, be confident, Christian. You have, your king is on the throne. Here's a very practical question, um, just if you think logically through the ascension. Where did Jesus go? I mean, I remember yeah. kind of wrestling with this, like, okay, so Jesus went up. Yeah. And then, like, you know... Did he <laughs> go like into orbit? Yeah. Like right, where where just past Jupiter? Yeah, is he, it's kinda like, you know, we send these satellites out and they <laughs> and they go like out and they keep going into interstellar space, you yeah. know. And, you know, I think that maybe we have that wrong understanding where we th- well like we're not talking about Jesus in a local place. Not even in the realm of this universe. Like yeah. we're talking about like a different space and even we talk about Jesus, sometimes we talk about Jesus returning, but other times I think even more re- appropriately we talk about him being revealed because right mm-hmm. now he's hidden. Yeah. So even think about before the ascension, Jesus would, where was he? And then all of a sudden he shows up, like mm-hmm. in the room behind locked doors, right. John 20, Luke 24, you know, in a, in a sense, the, I think the power of the ascension was already there from the resurrection because you see Jesus passing through. He's like, don't need to unlock the door. I'm, I'm just here. Or then he vanishes from their sight. Yeah. In, at the end of Luke too, at right? At the end of Luke, he's breaking bread with them and then boom, he's gone. Yeah. And, they, yeah. and they were revealed. It was revealed mm-hmm. um, in the breaking of the bread. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jesus is here the whole time. And this is even a an argument that you see it during the Reformation between Luther and, say, Zwingli or the Calvinists, you know, because Zwingli and the Calvinists, they were kind of the more 
not quite radical reformers, but they're kind of more or rationalist kind of. In yeah. And they're saying, how can you say that Jesus Christ is present in the Lord's Supper because he can only be in one place at once? Yeah. And so there, Luther and Melanchthon and the reformers are going to be like, hold up, guys. Doesn't it say that he fills all things Mm -hmm. and that he's seated at the right hand of God? And Luther would say the right hand of God is not a spatial location. Yeah. It's, it is everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere is the right hand of God. So just to... you know, kind of clarify that, recap it. Some Christians even today would say, Jesus can't be in the supper. Mm -hmm. Because how many churches are celebrating the Lord's Supper on a Sunday? Yeah. Millions. Yeah, right. I'd say, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's millions. He can't be in millions of places at once because he's a human. You can't be in millions of places at once Mm -hmm. because then you would cease to be a human. (laughs) You'd cease to live. And then, so they therefore said, therefore, Jesus, he's at the right hand of God. He can't be in all these places because we want to preserve his humanity. I think there's some good intention there. But it goes too far. Right. Because it forgets that um, this is no mere man, mm-hmm. right? That uh, that he is able to be present Yeah. in all so places. Yeah. So it would be interesting for them to try to say to Jesus, you can't do that, Jesus. Right, that doesn't work for you. And he's like, did I, you know, did you guys miss the whole part where I rose from the dead and I continually claimed to be God and I appeared in different places? Yeah. I mean, he can do it. Um, he can assume flesh to do whatever purposes he wants as God. Well, and it's really helpful when we recognize that heaven is not so much a location as it is a space. Like, and I think this makes more sense to us when we talk about different dimensions and things like that. Yeah, know? I've. I don't know if that's helpful or going too far, but uh, but when we talk about earth, heaven and earth, earth is our space mm-hmm. and heaven is God's space. And really, the de- the heaven and earth are not designed to be separate, but they're to be joined as one. And so God's intention is that heaven and earth would be joined as one, interlocked, yeah, like a Venn diagram, yeah. you know, crossing over. Uh, so that God's space is our space and our space is God's space. And I think that makes a lot of sense of the ascension that mm. right now, where is Jesus? He's hidden from our eyes. He's in God's space, you know, heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God. Yeah. And, and he, re- he re- does reveal himself uh, where and when he says. So he reveals himself in, this, in the preaching of the word mm-hmm. and he reveals himself in the sacrament. He's like, yeah. if you're looking for me, you know, don't look at Trump Tower. Yeah. You're going to find me there. <laughs> nope, not there. <laughs> not going to look at, you know, the, the highest mountains in the world, but nope. you will find him in the humble water and the bread and the wine and the words. In the word and yeah. in God's people too. Yeah. yeah. That's I, that really, you know, to our first John series, that's why loving the brothers and the sisters is such a big deal because when you're loving them, you're loving Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like where are you going to find Jesus located? Yeah. L- look into the eyes of your brother or sister in Christ and mm. you'll, you'll find Jesus. You know? Good. Um, so is Jesus going to be there? Does he have it on his calendar to be here at Holy Cross Lutheran Church, May 13th at 6.30? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course, because whenever two or three are gathered, what does he say? Yeah, there I am. In the midst of them. That, yeah, in the middle of them. Right, good. Right, right with you. And I think the final kind of thought I would say is when we see the ascended body of Jesus, mm-hmm trying to figure out a good way to think about this, but it's like 
from our side of things, our space, mm-hmm. our time, there is a, a real human who has kind of punctured through into God's time and space, into God's yeah. realm. And that gives us a clear picture of the future and a hope for our mm-hmm. own human bodies. Now, we're not going to be uh, in the same way filling all things. No. But we will be in the presence of God as human creatures. Thanks be to God. Yeah. It makes me think of the language of Hebrews where it says that he's gone before us, mm-hmm. our brother. He's gone before us into the holy places. Um, he's purified us so that with confidence we can draw near, mm-hmm. enter into the holy places. That's why Jesus is called, in some translations, Hebrews 12, you know, he's called the author and the perfecter. Some translations call him the pioneer. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I had never heard that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. I, yeah, so what, what do we await? The ascension gives us confidence. Um, it gives us a picture of who we will be. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of that great First John passage. We don't know exactly, but we know we're going to be like him because we'll see yeah. him as he is. Right. And so we see that picture of Jesus ascending before us into the very presence of God. Mm-hmm. And we anticipate his rule and reign over all things for us until he returns. Yep. And very practically, if you come to the Ascension service, you're going to get to hear the conclusion of 1 John. We don't have to like move that on the seventh Sunday of Easter. We won't do Ascension that day. We'll do we'll do uh, 1 John. And then you're going to be super pumped for Pentecost. Yeah. yeah so. get, you'll get the whole picture. So, dear Christian, this is a big deal. Yeah. Put it on the calendar. It's make it Make it another Easter celebration. Cook a ham. Cook a ham. Whatever you're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Eat some ice cream. Yeah. Uh, teach your kids. This is, uh, this is what Christians do. We celebrate the grand movements of uh, our God. Uh, and this is one. Amen. Amen.